0: Hey everybody, it's Michael Martin. Thanks for being here. You know, of course, as which is probably more the norm than not, I think of something else to say after I hit the stop button on the previous episode and what I should have included, um, which is fine. I'm happy to keep these at five minutes. I'm not looking to kind of recreate war and peace here. I like to kind of get cut to the chase, give you something to think about, let you figure it out. If you have any questions, you know where to reach me. It's that easy. It's a good system. So in the commodity space, right, unlike equities, you have unlimited loss potential regardless of whether you're long or short. And that's very different from say being long options. Right, if you're long an option, you have the debit balance and that's the max loss, right? If you do a spread, you're buying one option and then you're selling an option another option on the same underlying either in a different month or a different strike price, sometimes both. And then you have a whole different P&L, right? The sum total of the max loss and the max gain has to equal the distance between the strike prices. It's very cute and very concise. You can do the math in your head. Futures, you can trade spreads too, but it's very different, right? Technically, you could buy the front month and sell it deferred. You have a lot of popular spreads out there, old crop, new crop. Um, now, these are obviously highly correlated instruments. If you trade an old crop, new crop, and say soybeans or for, for whatever reason Uh, because of the seasonality. We'll get to that in a second. Um, So you buy, you know, one and sell the deferred. Technically and theoretically, and in almost every instance that I've done it, they move in lockstep. Um, Not tick for tick, but if July goes up, November goes with it. If November goes up, the March follows suit. And so what you're trading in the difference in commodity spreads is, is the difference between the two settlement prices effectively. Now, what's cute, not cute, but what's amazing is the seasonality, right? Because these are markets that are billion-dollar markets globally, and they don't turn on a dime. And they kind of count on the seasonality, right? When you think about how things are planted and how the, how the, the, the soil, the loam is, is you know, fortified and fertilized, and then it's moisturized, and then you have germination, and then you have, you're raising the crop, and then you have the harvest and all of that, then you have delivery. It's a very sophisticated mechanism in the world of hedging and this and that. But the one thing that people who are in agriculture rely on is seasonality. And so you can count on certain things to happen without any type of recourse whatsoever. However, it is possible, I guess, theoretically, where if you were long July, short November, that the July went down and the November could go up, right? And they would go in the opposite direction. I guess that could happen. In my experience, though they do tend to move in the same direction. Um, So when you buy one and sell the other, create a calendar spread, in the commodities markets, you technically now have two trades. Either one or both could have unlimited loss potential. But there is no debit or credit, for example. In fact, you have to be super careful because, again, when when you're simultaneously long or short, two contracts on the same underlying commodity, the exchanges will give you a ginormous haircut on what your margin requirement is. Why? Well, because you're simultaneously long and short. What you'll lose on one, you'll make on the other. And so they might haircut you by 75, 90% of what the margin might be. In other words, if it might be, off the top of my head, 2,000 bucks to trade a soybean contract long or short in initial margin, you might only have to put up, say, 300 to trade an old crop, new crop spread. And the rule of thumb is that you only want to trade one spread, all right, for every one contract that you would trade. That helps you kind of um, put a yardstick to how much risk you should be taking. A lot of folks like to go out and trade spreads in giant size because of the profit potential. But you still have to think in terms of your overall risk management and the volatility of that spread and what's it going to do to your PL. So normally, if you're just starting out and you're used to trading one corn long or short, then trade one corn spread long. you know, that way. Buy the spread, sell the spread. Um, and get used to it. See what it feels like. Now, there's a couple of places where you can go get some good data. Obviously, the exchanges are a pretty good source of having the data. Um, of course, commodity futures and those markets are built for hedgers, right? So they get the best rules. The speculators are there. If they can make money for taking on the risk and underwrite the risk premium. underwrite the risk. Let's do it. Get paid. Um, in terms of seasonality, you know, every market has its own season. Every year has its own crop year certain things don't have a crop year. They're in constant supply, constant demand. A good example of that is probably cocoa and chocolate, for example. Yes, you have Mother's Day and Valentine's Day and all that, but for the most part, there's a consistent demand for chocolate, and there's a lot of things you could do. There's lots of different types of chocolate, obviously, this and that. So Either way, we're talking about managing risk and what that looks like to your overall account. We talked about doing it with stocks and then selling the losers by Friday's close. We talked about, you know, being responsible and you get to decide. Um, And there are traders out there who do nothing but trade spreads in commodities. And they feel that that's even more conservative than just buying McDonald's and holding it in their portfolio because spreads are hedges. And that's the way it works. So that might be some good food for thought if you're investigating those markets, a good way to stick your toe. Obviously, there's two contracts to buy and sell, um, one long, one short. You have to do it at the same time. I would not do like in the options market where you could buy a call, have the market rally, then look to create like a vertical bull call sp- spread. Or... You know, sell two options and then one, and buy one above it, and create either a butterfly or something like a condor. After you're already had one leg on, if you're not used to trading commodity futures, I would not try to buy one leg and then find out. You know, try to add the other one afterwards. Either put the whole thing on at once or don't do it, um, because these things can move, and if you're not used to them, the amount of money that moves in and out of your account can be rather shocking if you're not prepared for it. So you know, just remember. Futures are risky. You need to figure out if it's appropriate for you, given your financial situation. And, you know, just you talk to your financial advisor to kind of see if that's the case. Um, because the amount of leverage that you're afforded in the futures markets is is as high a, a type of leverage that you can find anywhere in the marketplace. So be super careful as you do that. Trading them in a spread scenario, long one contract, short another one of the same commodity against it in a different month, might be an interesting way for you to kind of get your 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 feet wet, um, all the while focusing on playing superior defense. Um, anyway, take a look at it. Um, spreads are hedges. Mm, you you can go a long time trading spreads. It might be a good for you, depending on your emotional makeup. You can play the seasonality, which is not a day. It's you know weeks and months. So it allows you it gives you a little staying power to stay in a trade. Whereas if you were trading a directional type of ethos, long or short, um bullish or bearish, you might get stopped out on the outright, whereas the spread because you're offsetting the loss on the long with what you make on the short, it could give you a little more staying power. It might be something to study anywho thank you for being here get your copy of the inner voice of trading audiobook at martinchronicle.com and uh, learn how i had to figure this all out myself over the over the years appreciate you being here have a great weekend i'll see you monday